You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast about helping online brands to build a better e-commerce growth engine with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. John, it is an exciting day for you. Uh, I mean, for me too, because I know you (laughs) and I get to associate with you when we speak together, but you have a new book releasing today, October 26, 2021. So you uh, took COVID lockdown and did something with your free time. <laughs> nice work. Hey, made the most of it, right? Exactly, man. I'm excited because all of your books help people, which I like. And it's especially in the e-com space where we both live and work and spend all of our time. But it's your second book. And they're both about conversion rate optimization. So mm-hmm. why did we need a second book? Yeah. Well, the first one was, uh, as you know, called Stop Marketing, Start Selling. Essentially, it was a thesis on how to do conversion optimization. Very tactical research backed on like, hey, here are the things you need to be doing to your site specifically. I wrote that about six years ago, maybe a little more. And I wrote it as a research paper. That was my goal was just like, let's learn everything we can about CRO and and get it down on paper and give people an actionable guide that they can take and implement. There's a lot of great interviews in there with top, you know, director of e-com and CMOs and understanding their pains and how, how those can be solved. And what I've realized, you know, since then over the past six, seven years has been that there's really a a higher level of thinking that's not as tactical that's needed in CRO that you know we've been doing optimization at the good for 13 years now and what i have found is that there are some core tenets that are essentially laws of optimization right they're just necessary and if you don't have this line of thinking then then your brand can suffer and if you do adopt these laws, you will really kind of skyrocket to that next level. And it's very common that every brand we work with that has all of these core principles in play do extremely well. And so I really felt like, you know, as part of our goal at The Good to remove all of the bad online experiences until only the good remain, I can't touch every website. There's no way The Good's going to be able to do that. So I figured let's let's document these laws that we know and these truths that we hold you know so close to us and, and let's get them out to the world and when we do that we'll be helping to to increase that customer experience and remove those bad online experiences for way more sites than we could ever touch in our lifetimes for sure we've talked obviously a lot about these and i've through my association probably absorbed a lot of these laws but <laughs> i think it's important to note that laws are not best practices. Like what this book is, is not a list of, oh, do ABC and your site's going to do better. Laws are going to make things specific to a a site because every site's different. Exactly. It's more about the theory behind optimization than it is about the, the specific tactics. We do talk about some tactics, but more in a case study approach, right? Like how is this law applied and how you could be thinking about it? But it's much more around the core tenets and, and the way to be thinking. Yeah, yeah. And anybody that starts reading this book, you're gonna you'll get hooked very quickly because your first chapter is about best practices are for beginners, and that's gonna right. make everybody feel kind of dumb because they're like, oh yeah, best, but it'll set myself up for success. Yeah, tell us about what you've seen with. <laughs> I just love some of the analogies you have in that first chapter, but 
best practices. You don't pull any punches with those. Well, yeah, I, I think that it needed to be said first, and that's why it's the first law in the book. Because otherwise, you could look at what I'm saying as a set of best practices. And I wanted to set the tone that it's not really the tactics that you're going to get in this book. It's all about the philosophy and the theory behind optimization, which in looking at all the other books on optimization and e-commerce that exist out there, I didn't want to just be a, a you know, have another book of tactics that gets dated really quickly that, you know, competes with all the other tactics that are out there. No, I wanted to really focus on more of that higher level approach that really would, would help people to endure and create a sustainable business. And best practices is what has gotten a lot of those brands into trouble to begin with. So mm -hmm. it really had to be said first. And I wanted to set that tone early and often. And, and you're right, though. I don't pull any punches in this book. I'm very opinionated on, on <laughs> what works and what doesn't. And I'm not afraid to say, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that to maintain any effectiveness in content you know, marketing or just in, in having a point of view, think of this as a fence between two neighbor's yards, right? One fence is, is on one side is, you know, one point of view on the other side is the opposite point of view. If you just sit in the middle and never take a stance, you will never have raving fans and you'll never have raving haters. And you need both. You need people who completely disagree with you and you need people who back you up. But if you don't ever have people that disagree with you, then you know that you're not really pushing anybody to think more. And that's really my approach with this book was I don't want to pull punches. I want to make sure that people understand what works, what doesn't, and make sure that, you know, not everyone's going to agree with me. And that's okay. I want to have that constructive argument. And you you see me have it all the time on Twitter and LinkedIn and, and all these other platforms, right? Um, but starting with best practices is for beginner uh, is for beginners is because it's true that if you you know try to to run a mile in someone else's shoes you're just gonna hurt your feet and there's really no other way around that the problem is a lot of brands start with these best practices and then they hold them near and dear as they continue to grow and that's where they get themselves into a lot of trouble because they grow to a certain point where they're saying, okay, I need to try the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And, and that's where you see all these brands doing a couple million a year online. And they're just trying every new Shopify app that comes out because they're, they're really hoping to get to that next level. And they're looking for a cheat code and there's no cheat code to get there. You know, I have a whole nother chapter in here all about how that there's no silver bullets. I mean, that's, I think that's the second chapter, right? It's like really have to follow that scientific method of iterative gains over time, right? And, and just putting a small amount of effort in every single day. You know, James Clear has his 1% rule. I don't know if you've ever read Atomic Habits, his book, but basically summarizing it in one chart, which I did in, 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 this, in the second chapter, was, was all about, hey, if you put 1% effort in and just get 1% better every day for a year, you will be 36 times greater at the end of the year. And if you don't do that, what are you trading off? right? You, you actually, the, the math shows that you get worse at the end of the year, not better. And so the reality is you just want to focus on getting incrementally better and seeing that compounding growth over time. And so 
following all these best practices and just throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks without doing proper A-B testing is, is, is a downfall that a lot of brands slip into. Oh, yeah. I feel like having been an e-com a long time with you, it's, you know, 12, 13 years ago, the internet was, you could do almost anything. I mean, there were so many crazy things going on. Like nobody really knew what was going on. There were no experts 12 or 13 years ago. We were all like, this is fun. Let's, let's sell things online. Mm-hmm. Now we've evolved so quickly as an industry that I think the baseline is so consistent, like Shopify sites being so prevalent, like the checkout process is like, if you don't have simple checkout, like you don't even know if you have a business right now, but like imagine Shopify checkout like 10 years ago would have been like, you would have like had like a 70% conversion rate potentially. (laughs) That now it's like, you really have to take some science on this because you can't just be the basic Shopify site on the internet and assume that that's going to be what works. The process you, you take people through is really going to allow that to happen and, and allow every company out there to take those steps. And I think it's cool. Like one of my favorite analogies you had, because obviously being a sports guy like you, I, I loved the analogy of the the Oakland Athletics versus the Yankees. Mm. Just because that's such a David and Goliath thing that I think so many brands that are looking up at large competitors, it's daunting. Right. Their resources are astronomical. But you can't that one percent and and play the money ball game where you're look you can't have the budgets of your main competitors, but you can do the small testing constantly, the iterations that's going to help make the difference long term. Yeah, and you know I actually go on. There's a whole chapter where, where I talk about your competition just being a distraction, mm-hmm. and how if you were to to be the Oakland Athletics and just focus on doing what the Yankees do, then there would have been no way you would beat them. They're just you can't you can't win that money game, right? And do you really want to play that game, right? You're going to give up the vast majority of your business, and you know you're going to be someone else's mouthpiece at that point. You're not going to be running your own business. That's that's why most people get into this game, right? Is to be an entrepreneur and and create their own wealth. But the reality is is that unfortunately, too many people try to play that that full on money game. And then they end up having issues like what's going on with Facebook recently, where, you know, ad costs just go up and effectiveness goes way down. And then they have to dump more money into it. And, you know, it's interesting because uh, I, I say this in, in that chapter about competition, that there's a reason race horses wear blinders. And the challenge is, is that you end up looking behind you the whole time or even looking to your side and saying, what is my competition doing that I need to be doing? And then you try those tactics blindly. You know, we had a client who had a mobile navigation at the bottom of of the screen and and we were like well you know okay like consumers are complaining about this why are you doing that and they said well because we saw one of our bigger competitors had it and so we decided to implement it must work for them and you know we were like okay well competitor you know your consumers hate it let's test putting it back up to the top and it was something like a 200 percent increase in conversions and revenue by moving that back up because people would go to swipe and you know on that page with it down at the bottom and would touch the nav and it would get so frustrating of an experience they would just leave but the whole point here is if you focus on your competitors instead of your consumers that you're not going to get ahead and you know, really just uh, focusing on con- on your competitors really just means you don't you have no idea if you got opted into a test, if you if it's actually working for them or 
if they're even going after the same target market, right? At The uh -huh. Good, we work with three eyewear brands right now. One goes after, you know, like blue light blocking for computer users. One goes after athletic wearers for like eye protection. And one is like sports eyewear for like, you know, just like blocking the sun, kind of hanging out while you run, that type of stuff. And the reality is it's three different market people who are after it. It's three different use cases. It's three different ways you would even talk about how that product is selling and, mm -hmm. and, and the you know product description should be completely different. But if you were to go online and say, what's the average conversion rate for eyewear brands? All three of those would be lumped into the same average and it's not going to be accurate how could you no. possibly compare your conversion rate to somebody who's going after a completely different audience it just doesn't make sense no nobody should ever ask what the average conversion rate of anything is yeah if you're asking that you have some bigger problems in place I trained you well <laughs> yes yeah well i have I, my business partners and all my businesses i get a lot of those like oh we saw a competitor doing this why aren't we i was like oh i haven't trained you yet obviously well enough business partner yeah. Don't worry about it. We have our own business and our own problems that we have to deal with internally without worrying about some competitor, you know, changing their button color or something mm -hmm. stupid like that. And one of the points I really like that I personally haven't, I haven't heard it this way from you before. Mm -hmm. And you've probably told me many ways, but I like the, how you in chapter six talk about folks in the conversion experience or customer experience, not the conversions, because so many of our clients are all about just conversion, convert, convert, convert. Did it convert? Did it not convert? I mean, like, well, like, you know, that's where I think you get into kind of easy button things like, yep. oh, if we just have a simplified checkout, we're going to get conversions better. Like, well, why don't you think through what happens up to that point? And, you know, cart people are abandoning cart. We need a, we need wheelio. You're like, no, no, that's not the case. Don't, <laughs> but uh, you tell me a little bit more about how you're getting people to focus more on the experience versus the actual conversion, which is what they're trying to do is get the conversion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The problem is, as I state in this chapter, that a good conversion rate does not mean that you have a great customer experience and a good customer experience though, can drive a good conversion rate, but they need to play off each other a little bit. And the challenge here is that most brands focus singularly on the conversion rate and bypass the customer experience altogether. They figure if people are converting that they have a great customer experience. Well, a lot of people will go through hell to convert because they really need a product, right? And it's really solving a pain that they have, but it doesn't mean they're gonna come back and buy from you again, mm -hmm. right? It just means that's what I needed right then. A good example of this is just this morning, I bought something on Amazon that was out of stock on Prime, but somebody else was selling it with a $30 shipping. And I was like, man, $30 to ship something on Amazon? Oof. But you know what? I really need this. And I'm not going to have time to go to a store and get this anytime soon. So I'll pay that. Am I going to do that again? Absolutely not. Like next time I'll, I'll think ahead and I'll get the Prime one when, you know, before I need it next day or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But I was willing to go through that and that extra painful experience because I needed it right then, but I'm not going to do it again. It's the same thing for brands who we talk about this a lot, but you know, if you wouldn't do it in a retail store, don't do it on your website, right? Just because you can't see that consumer on the other side of the screen does not mean they're not a human. It really, you need to treat them like that. And that means, you know, not putting roadblocks up just in the name of conversion, like a spinning wheel. You know, everyone says, I just saw a post on LinkedIn yesterday. Oh, people hate on spinning wheels until they see the numbers that come in on usage and conversion. And I'm like, 
Okay, so people convert in terms of giving you their email address. Have you sent to that email list yet? What's the return on that email list? Mm -hmm. Do they buy? Is it you know what's the lifetime value of that of those customers? It's just because you got people to convert, and and Mm -hmm. does not mean it's a good experience. Likely in our user testing, what it means is they didn't know how to close it, and they were like, "I got to put something in this box so I can get to the website and close this this darn pop up." And so they just enter a BS email address or that spam address they have, you know, or they spin and they're like, oh, I'm going to get 10% off. Well, here's the thing. Consumers, when they first come to your site and spin that wheel, they have no idea if they're even going to buy from you. That 10% off isn't doing anything except setting your brand up as a discount brand, which is a whole nother chapter that discounting <laughs> is an optimization. It's margin drain. And I go into that. Um, so you can see how the, a lot of these do tie together in the end. There are so many of you listening to this. If you have a website and an app like that, you have na at na.com as an email. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get that email, but you have it. <laughs> um, as, you're, as you're looking at you know, the goal of conversion rate, what I'm seeing right now, especially in this market, you might have a conversion rate that spikes right now only because all of your competitors are out of inventory and mm-hmm. people are willing to go through your painful process to get the product because all of theirs are stuck in a ship outside of LA right now. And then you can have a conversion rate drop and you're going to freak out, get mad at your marketing team because you're like, what happened to all our conversions? So there's a lot of macro things, I think, happening external to brands that are having such a massive impact for probably poor experiences that can be successful right now. And last year, dear Lord, if you had a website, you probably (laughs) did okay. (laughs) Um, But now we're back to normal or Mm -hmm. normaler where volume is down, bad experiences are falling apart unless uh, everybody else is out of inventory and you happen to have some. So it becomes more important, I think, to be focusing on that customer experience than conversion right now. I I just love that chapter. I think it's really going to be an eye-opener for a lot of brands that haven't been looking at their site the same way. Yeah, I definitely hope so. I mean, that was, again, going back to the goals of why I wrote this, uh, to shake people a little bit and say, look, this is these are things you really need to pay attention to that you have not been doing. And that's a problem when things like Facebook just uh, makes it impossible to drive leads at, at the volume you were driving them before. You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast focused on e-commerce growth. Your hosts are John McDonald, founder of The Good, a conversion rate optimization agency that works with e-commerce brands to help convert more of their visitors into buyers, and Ryan Garrow of Logical Position, a digital marketing agency offering pay-per-click management, search engine optimization, and website design services to brands of all sizes. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us out by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing it with a friend or colleague. Thank you. The final chapter I'll, I'll touch on before we go into some of uh, your, your uh, accolades. You, mm. Trust is a big deal now. We have so much, it's difficult to build trust because we are becoming, I think, as a society, less trusting because of all. You know, if we talk about fake news or you know, whatever you're seeing is very difficult to believe without doing a bunch of research, but you don't want people going off your site to research something to back up that trust that you want to build initially. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about how you're directing people to build that trust when it's become so difficult in our society right now. Just everybody angry, it seems, yeah. <laughs> and not wanting to trust what they're seeing. 
Well, I think there's several different levels that you need to be doing trust on, but just going into this, knowing that consumers don't trust your store by default is, is really the key. And a lot of brands overdo it where they plaster badges, security badges all over their site. And, uh, you can trust us and all these other messages that in the end scare consumers off. We found pretty clearly that what happens is that consumers then start to wonder what happened to your site that you had to put all these up there. Did you get hacked? <laughs> is my info going to go like, you know, like it's one of those things where some people say after a plane crashes, that's the best time to fly because everyone's a little more diligent. But in e-com world, they don't know the plane just crashed. They just see all of the the security badges that that you put up because all of a sudden you had a scare and you're like, I got to put all these things up there or you're just trying to earn trust. So you throw them all up on your site and it scares people away. But the reality here is that I, I like to say, show when you can and tell when you can't. So how do you show? Well, you show through a few different things, helping people understand if it's a legit store, right? And what do I mean by legit store? Well, is the performance of your site good or does it look like it's running on a server in a closet of your parents' house, right? <laughs> does the usability and design clean? And I'm not saying you have to have the best brand design ever. No, uh, you need to have a, a level that is trustworthy. You need to answer that question. What do other people think, right? So that comes down to, to social proof. This is where reviews come in, things of that sort, right? And then the last question you really need to answer around trust is, do I feel good about giving them my personal and my payment information? And that can be done with brand integrity. It can be done with social impact causes, right? 1% for the planet, whatever it might be, right? And that goes beyond a trust signal in terms of a security badge. So I'm not even talking about having security badges as much as I am and, you know, just helping people understand those three key questions. Is this a legit store? What do other people think? And do I feel good about giving them my, my information? Uh, if you can address those three concerns, then you will have a higher converting site. You are a big deal in the e-commerce world. Uh, you're humble about it, but you are a big deal. But you, just looking at the accolades at the beginning of this book is basically a who's who of e-com. So if you want, if you're building a roster for ecom excellence, just read the people that are offering the testimonials for John's book. I mean, that alone is like just oh, big name, big name, big name. I mean, <laughs> how did you meet all these people, John? <laughs> like I just need well, to be a, a co-pilot on your ride or something. Hey, look, I mean, you know, well, first of all, you are a co-pilot. I'd be happy to introduce <laughs> you. Second of all, I, I, you know, I think the the key here is that. We've been doing this for, for well over a decade and we share our thinking mm -hmm. every day. You know, we're active out there. Whenever we, we have a learning or a win, we tell everybody, here's what, what we learned today. And we're not out there just trying to um, sell, sell, sell. You know, it's, it's really around being part of the community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really what I've been doing is depositing into that bank for, for 13 years. And so I went to that bank and I said, Hey folks, like have this book coming out. Would love to see what you think about it, offer your honest feedback and help me improve it. And I sent it out to, to a handful of people that I thought, you know, they were experts in one area or another and could uh, offer some feedback. And here we are. And 
folks seem to to really enjoy it, which I'm thankful for. Yeah, it's for sure one of the most important pieces of owning an e-com business or managing or marketing an e-com business. Um, and I think it's a testament to not only how, how smart and knowledgeable about conversion rate optimization you and your organization are, but also I think the philosophy you take around, hey, we're here to educate and remove all the bad experiences. You know you're not going to handle all of them, but you want to make sure there's not stupid things happening on websites because um, right. it doesn't help anybody. And so if you are in the e-com world, you need to get this book. Like claw, scratch, scrape, find a way to find it. It's going to be out all over the place today. You can actually go get it on Amazon. Uh, anywhere else they need to be looking for the book. Yeah, I mean, it, Amazon's going to be the best place right now. Uh, that first week that it's out, we're running a special on the Kindle edition. So you can get it a little more inexpensively than uh, it will be in the future. And then also the good.com slash books. We will have some bundle offers up there if you're buying it for your whole team. I think we're going to do if you buy 20 copies direct from us or send us the screenshot of the receipt on Amazon. You get a free 30 minutes with me to, to get on with your team and just answer any questions you guys might have or present to your team about optimization. So that's uh, we've already got a few folks lined up for that, which is great and, and fun to hear. But yeah, I think just uh, Amazon, you know, we have it in every format imaginable up there. Paperback, hardback, we'll do, there's an audio book I recorded. You get to listen to me rap a verse from Hamilton. Which is in one of the chapters. <laughs> so that alone might be worth the price. <laughs> and yeah, and then uh, we have it for sale as a PDF up on our site as well. So there's a lot of great options here, and we're just trying to make it as accessible to everyone as possible. So no, that's awesome, and if it's a testament to how great it is, uh, most of you listening have probably heard of Nick Sharma, and he has the forward written. And the forward, when you read it, you'll realize that this book has to be read by your team, by your organization. You might have to give it to an executive above you to prove that you need to be doing CRO, but it will do the job of making your site function better and allow your team to understand the whys of CRO and get you pointed in the right direction for sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. One of my proudest moments in this book was getting that forward back from Nick. And, and he said he'll be handing a copy of this book to all the teams that he's he invests in. And that right there is like the best testament I could have asked for. So oh, uh, phenomenal. I mean, great work, John. I'm, I'm proud to be associated with you. And I'm glad I've been able to read this book. And, and my brands are going to be better for this for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate the chat today. Yeah. Thank you. Go get the book. Stop listening to the podcast now. Go get it. <laughs> All right, Ryan, we'll talk soon. All right, thank you. Thanks for listening to Drive and Convert with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. To keep up to date with new episodes, you can subscribe at driveandconvert.com.